Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly show about video games. I'm Ben, and with me here today is Brandon. Hello, Brandon. Hey, Ben. I'm, my voice is squeaking. I'm apparently just hitting puberty. How's it going with you? Pretty good. That's different. Squeaky. Um, <laughs> I'm doing good today. Yeah? Um, beautiful, beautiful weather. It is. Here so recently. Nice. It, 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 it seems like it finally broke. Yeah. Uh, spirits are high. I just took a shower, so I feel very fresh and very clean, clean. Ooh. Um, yeah, feeling good. Had a had a nice dinner. We started a little later, so it actually gave me a little bit more time to decompress after work. Nice. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling good, man. Feeling nice. real good. I uh, I don't ever feel good after a shower in this new house. Oh shit. I mean, I feel clean. Yeah. But every day, I'm like, so my shower, like, I have these old clawfoot tubs, and I've got one of the shower curtains that like wraps around, you know. Oh. But it only wraps around like a third of the tub. Mm. And then the sh- the shower itself is like one of the ones where you have to hold it. Oh, and I oh. need to just get a bigger shower curtain that goes like the whole way around because I'm a big man. And it's my wife is a very tiny lady. <laughs> and she's tall, but she's very tiny. And even she is like, it's too tight in there. <laughs> and so you can imagine me, a man of my girth right. is a little uncomfortable. Plus, I'm holding. So every time I get out of the shower, I'm like, that was a workout. Fuck, dude. And uh, so I just need to get like, I need to fix it up. I've lived there for like six months now. You I need to get, just do it. Yeah, dude. You got to get the the mount like for this microphone, but for your fucking shower. Yeah. And it's a matter of like 50 or 100 bucks. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But I just haven't done it. Damn. Partially because I hate anything that has anything to do with plumbing. So, yeah. Dave, how are you? How's your shower situation? It's good. Uh, yeah. My sister lives in a town uh, not yeah, far too. from here, but oh. they, they're like, this this town is known for having really hard water. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's a concept I still don't understand. But whenever I shower at her place, it just like I feel like the soap is still in my hair and my my yeah. skin is like clammy and stuff. But luckily here in Burlington, Ontario, we got real real nice water. So, nice. Yeah, Where I grew up, we we were we had a well. Oh, I fucking hate well. And uh, it there was so much iron in it. It was really hard water, but it, there was so much iron in it. Anything that was white, it would just turn fucking brown not immediately but like over time you wash a white shirt like five or six times and it's like wow this is almost like slightly an orange tint to it yeah so i've never worn white clothing which has really worked out because white clothing looks terrible on me so you know it just it's worked out but maybe it's good it turns an orange then yeah i guess if you think about it yeah i cannot that would be a deal breaker for me when i get a house i cannot stand well water my grandma had that 
growing up. Our well water tasted fine. I just couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. Yeah. It smells bad. At Mm. least my grandma's dead. I I think her well is just absolutely murdered. Right. Um, Probably a lot of clay in it and stuff. I don't know, dude. She also lives across from a farm. So I always wondered if the fucking pesticides were (laughs) leaching into the ground. Uh, Uh, Maybe, but also that's probably everywhere because our water all, you know, filters back and I don't know. It's a whole thing. It's bad. Water is not good anywhere. It's worse some places. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. That's for sure. (laughs) But (laughs) it's, 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 you know, it's fine. Boys, we're going to talk about some video game stuff. I know that's a weird thing for us to do on the show. Uh, This is a video game show, believe it or not. And we talk about some video game related things. And if you want to help support us and make make us happy and help uh, kind of pay for the website, you can join us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Or you can uh, just simply join our Discord. If you want to join the Patreon, you could do so for as little as a dollar a month. It's like quarter an episode. It's pretty great. Uh, get ad for early access to the show or if you just want to join the discord and hang out and uh, don't even worry about paying anything just talk to us and each other you can do that at handsomephantom.com slash discord we would really appreciate you being there brandon this first story coming up is mostly for you you're the one who's most upset and affected by this overwatch 2's pve hero mode is being scrapped this is according to GameSpot. i can already hear the disappointment in your voice this just broke a couple hours ago or earlier today, I guess. Yeah, they had a they had a, like a little. Yeah, yeah. It says, "quote Overwatch is a game that rose from the ashes of a Titan, an ambitious of Titan, an ambitious MMO that Blizzard pulled the plug on. In the wake of this decision, developers at the studio reworked ideas they had for Titan into what would become Overwatch, a hero-based multiplayer shooter that was critically acclaimed and hugely successful. So we know about that. We know about how Overwatch came to be." Well, when the sequel to Overwatch was announced at BlizzCon 2019, where the game was also playable, it was with the promise of a PvE hero component that would allow players to gather their squads and play through a narrative-driven multiplayer experience. On top of that, each of the heroes that they'd come to know and love would be reworked for PvE and given progression systems that would allow players to unlock new talents. It was an ambitious new mode that, in many ways, was used to justify the two at the end of the title, because there's nothing else really different. Now, however, Blizzard has confirmed that the promised PvE hero component will not be released at all. In a video, game director Aaron Keller and executive producer Jared Noose said that the team had made the decision to take the PvE elements of Overwatch 2 in a different direction and detailed a roadmap for upcoming seasons that revealed a new hero, map rebalances, maps, rebalances, and a number of story-focused additions. According to them, this decision was made for the good of the game and its live multiplayer components. Whether that proves to be true will be judged based on the execution of the upcoming seasons detailed in its new roadmap. But regardless of this, Blizzard and Team 4 pitch an experience that won't be realized, which will no doubt confuse and frustrate frustrate players. Brandon, um, Jesus Christ. let's talk about this. Overwatch 2, most people were like, okay, it's really not any different. There's a few new maps. Some heroes have been reworked. Some new heroes have added, but they've always added new heroes. Yeah. But everybody was like, it's okay, because, you know, eventually they're going to do PvE. Right. It got delayed. It wasn't going to be there at launch like it was supposed to be. And now it's not coming at all. Yeah, this is very disappointing. Um, Everything's been downhill ever since Jeff left. (laughs) I firmly, firmly believe that. Um, Man, this is just such a kick in the teeth. Uh, to someone who really enjoyed Overwatch 1. Maybe even the gonads. Yeah, I mean, you know kicked all over really 
Um, and I think that this is less of a play to, well, there were two things you said. One was that it was a play to continue to bring value to the live service aspect and then something else, mm-hmm. but it's only to bring value to the live service aspect because the PVE won't really be making them money. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly you can wear your PVE, PVP skins in the PVE. It's just, it's so frustrating. Um, this was announced in 2019. Um, they came out with um, a big, I think it was in 2019. They had a, a big showcase on the PVE and it actually looked really cool. Yeah. Like it did not look that early. Mm-hmm. There looked to be a lot of full feature things. Um, we got some very intriguing footage of what that might look like. Um, the character progression, how you would be able to take the character's current abilities and shoot them through the roof because you don't need to balance something when you're doing PVE as much Mm -hmm. because it's not PVP. Um, So the fact that it was this realized, um, at least the way they presented it, it seemed very realized. Um, And now after, what, 2019, 2023, um, four years, they just completely shit can it out of nowhere. It's very, very, very um, just disappointing and completely on, on par, if you ask me. Um, the fact that it's been delayed this many times really doesn't surprise me. The fact that it's canceled surprised me. Yeah. Um, but this is honestly just a play because they want to. They don't want to keep putting resources into something sure. that is not going to maximize the amount of money that they're making. Right. And that's completely a hundred percent obviously why this has been canceled, in my opinion. And it even, in fairness, makes business sense. It just sucks for the people who. Uh, didn't didn't they sell pre-orders for it am i wrong on that didn't people have the option to like buy overwatch 2 for early beta access i think you would maybe get like skins and stuff though so i think that was the trade-off so yes i'm sure a bunch of people bought with the promise of pve and then the game came out completely broken yeah um for a couple weeks was Um, it broken or was it just impossible to get in because of queues I mean, that that's broken to me. I, I agree. But like, did the game work if you were in other than balancing stuff? Mostly. Yeah, mostly. But if you can't get in a game, then what what good is yeah, it? Yeah, I, I don't um, disagree. I'm just trying to add a little nuance to like, it was still a good game. It just was impossible to get yeah, into. No, exactly. And, you know, they've said that the original idea of the PVE at being a whole experience separate from the game mm-hmm. is dead. But PVE itself is not completely dead, but that's always been a thing. Right. The, there has always been some form of PVE, even in Overwatch 1. There's been rotating seasonal events, right. and it seems like that's what they're going back to. But what that reads to me like is that we want to continue to make subpar PVE that will rotate in and out instead of all of the time and money that we spent on this other PVE thing, yeah. we're just going to can it and start working on, keep working on the thing that's going to maximize profits, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's a business. Right. I get it. But the fact that this wasn't announced, they probably wanted to get some some content out before they just, you know, let down expectations. I get that. But they shouldn't have waited this long to cancel this. Yeah. What is it, season three or something like that? I, I don't think know. it's season three right now, yeah. It's fucking embarrassing. Um, and you know, I watched I didn't watch all of it. Um, Lauren was watching it on the TV as I was leaving, actually. So I watched a bit of the, you know, 
PR speak, you know, sorry, we're canceling this shit, whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's completely abysmal. Um, I don't think anything will ever make me return at this point. I think that I was very interested in the PVE um, just to kind of try something new, um, try something different with the series. Yeah. Um, and no matter how many characters you put in, every single time I boot, there is like an 80% chance I'm going to be playing the same map I played fucking seven years ago. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's embarrassing. It really is. Um, even if they continue to progress how the seasons work, they continue to add cool content. And I don't want to say it's all been trash. Right. Because some of the stuff, season one was awful. Yeah. It was bad. It was, you know, the Genji skin was the coolest thing they had. And that it seems like that must have been all they put their mind into. Yeah. <laughs> season two was fine. And this new one seems to bring some cool ideas. But I just think it's really, really disappointing. And I wish I could say that I was disappointed, but at this point, the series has and um, continues to disappoint. Um, and this just kind of adds to the list. Um, maybe in some way we can resurrect Jeff, um, and he can and, and, and he gets bring us back to the glory days. But I think that's uh, well. I don't think long he's gone. technically dead. He's just not there. I right? don't know that so, for sure. I, I, I mean, that's I, true. I haven't seen him. Yeah. So, Dave, I know you're not an Overwatch guy, but you know, you are an industry observer at the very least. What do you think? I do observe things. And yeah. what I've observed is uh, this just kind of further reinforces the point that when you have something that's free to play, um, don't don't count your chickens till they hatch. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I know Halo Infinite was sort of a, a hybrid thing where part of it was free to play and, and, and part of it was on Game Pass. But a uh, similar thing there where, you know, we were promised co-op and, and that kind of stuff, and you know they yeah. can they can they can pull a three sixty anytime they want. So it's disappointing. Um, but uh, as you said, Brandon, like this is clearly a business decision, and, and I think like you have to be really careful with with how you um, kind of implement those revenue generating um, things within a free to play game because uh, the key to this is drive people to those purchases, um, in your game. So I guess this PVE thing wasn't going to do that. So it's too bad, but this is kind of where we're at in this industry right now, where if, uh, you know, you can be promised one thing and, and it may not actually come to fruition. So don't get your hopes up too much people, especially with free to play games. I really am curious about this. Uh, the whole, I'm sure they had like things built into it, but I really did think that there were people who had already paid for Overwatch 2 as like a package thinking that there was going to be PvE. Am I wrong on that? Is that was that a thing? I'd have to check. I don't remember. I didn't pay for it. Yeah, I thought Lauren did though. I think it was to to maybe like get the battle pass or something. Okay. You know. I I could be totally wrong on this, but it so I'll just I guess I'll just not go in too hard on it. But I definitely thought that they sold some sort of package with the promise of pve coming yeah i would imagine if that's the case i would imagine there's some blowback but if i'm wrong about that i just remember like having the option to pre-order it and i was like well why would i pre-order it? it's free and i thought somebody was like because there's pve coming and you'll get that access and if you don't pre-order it you have to pay for that later and i could be totally wrong on that i think dave hit it right on the nose it's the only reason they have a leg to stand on and that there's not going to be a bigger uproar than there is is because it's free to play sure if they charged it all for this game and this late in the life cycle of the game 
they canceled this sort of thing, there would be way more backlash. But I'm sure that, um, you know, it's easily justifiable to them because you didn't pay anything for the game. Sure. Even though we didn't really do much, but yeah. Update. Well, anyway, the, I, the flip side of that is like, if we, if we look at another example, the last of us, like, I don't know if it's, it's multiplayer thing that's been talked about for so long is supposed to be standalone, but let's say for a second that it wasn't. And it's like an extra mode that's going to come on the last of us part two. What's it called? Mercenaries or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, uh, what would the reaction be factions. if sudden factions? factions. What, factions. what would the reaction be if that was suddenly canceled? Because in that case, it's not free to play. It's it's this is like a package that people pay for, and I suspect the majority of people didn't buy The Last of Us Part Two for factions, but there are some who did. So, yeah, yeah I don't know, and I think I, I agree with you, Dave. But I think it's also something to be said. Uh, some a, a promise that was made a while back in a game that's already been out. Like people have been playing this Overwatch Two with anticipation for things that have been promised. And I feel like that's also like a big differentiator between the two is that like, I don't know. I'm sure there are people that are like, yeah, I'm going to play this. Maybe PVP isn't my favorite thing, but there are seasonal PVE things that'll rotate in and out. And at some point, if I play this game long enough, a PVE will come out. There's there's people like that. And it certainly would have drawn me back in. Um, and now I have even less of a reason um, to be interested in this game. Um, so... Oh, well, man, it's been dead for a while. So I guess I'm not, you know, I'm not crying too hard, but it's uh, it's frustrating to see something you spent uh, hundreds of hours playing, um, even the first one, but uh, kind of go down the shitter, at least for me. It's a fine game. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't want anything to be misconstrued by this. It plays just as good as the first one did, but the overall execution getting rid of the first one we're not going to tread over this ground it's just disappointing more than anything so well staying on the topic of blizzard let's talk about diablo 4 this comes from eurogamer.net and it says that blizzard is quote really confident end quote of smooth diablo 4 launch following server stress test and they said quote these are not marketing betas Blizzard has said it's feeling really confident Diablo 4 will enjoy a smooth launch following a series of server stress tests. The developer held a server slam event over the weekend to test the upcoming action role-playing game servers one final time ahead of launch in June. The event seemed to go smoothly with most players reporting little to no queue time and when in-game, improved performance compared to that seen in previous tests. Speaking to Eurogamer in an interview in London today, and I think this literally was today, uh, yeah. It says, I lost my place. Diablo 4 art director John Mueller and associate game director Joe P. Piora said Blizzard is feeling good about the launch because it had learned so much from the various tests. Quote, every one of these betas, betas have been transformational in terms of our understanding of our own technical ca capacity and what we need to do to make that a smoother launch experience in general. So it's been great. He also revealed that Blizzard has run internal testing on Diablo 4 for well over a year, spinning up servers with millions of automated accounts, creating basic actions such as finding a piece of gear and equipping it to killing a monster and starting a party with another robot. When Blizzard had learned, well, while Blizzard has learned a great deal from these internal tests, there's a, no substitute for live player tests, he said. When you have people coming through different ISPs and coming in through different servers around the world, and there's so much data you get from that. 
And with each of these, we found a lot of little things that happen, like this happens with clan invitations, this happens when you join a party in a certain way, lots of little things like that across the board. These are not marketing betas, he said. None of them were. Everything has been about, we need data to make sure the launch goes smooth. That's the entire purpose of the betas we did. And we learned a ton. Even this last one where it was really smooth, people didn't have long queues leading into getting into the experience. And we still found things happening in the back end that left it unresolved. Would have resulted in some issues during the launch experience, et cetera. We caught those only because we did extra this weekend. So there's a lot more here, but Dave, uh, we've talked before about how, you know, the betas, specifically the Call of Duty betas, tend to just be one, a way to get people to pre-order the games so they can participate. And two, it's kind of just a way to get people talking about the games, talking about it on, on Twitter, et cetera, streaming it early, whatever. And to some extent, that probably is what, this, what the Diablo 4 betas have been. But it seems like if we, be, you know, the, the true test will be in the future. But if we believe what they're saying, They've actually been using these betas to make sure that they don't have another Diablo 3 launch and they don't have another uh, every other live service MMO game that goes live uh, and have 47 hour long queues. What do you think, Dave? Do you think you think they've done their homework? You think they've they've fixed they've, they've ironed out the bugs? I don't know. I, I think we should bookmark that um, that article and read it again on June 6th just to kind of see if it's like oh yeah they, they were right or that was bullshit yeah um there was still some interesting insight there like i mean i'm pretty sure most live service games probably do some sort of stress tests um and and you know try to simulate this as close as possible but as you kind of mentioned there from the article like there, there's only so many variables that you can represent that actually replicate what happens on launch day right um it, it, and these stress tests cost money. Like they, they cost a considerable amount of money. Like you have to get a lot of people to come in and do this and, and coordinate it over a short period of time. Um, at the end of the day, people's memories of games aren't shitty weekends. Like, and yeah. I don't think, I don't think big games like this really lose a lot of people to shitty opening weekends. So at the end of the day, even if, if, if this is bad, which if I had to bet right now, I, I think it's not going to be great. Um, people will still be playing the game on Monday and yeah. and for several years after that. So, uh, some interesting insight. I hope they have learned. And I, 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 you know, I, I found the beta to be pretty good. I, I played on the open beta, not the closed beta, and I had to wait like ten minutes or so. But yeah, um, I would like to think that that's usually a pretty good indicator. But, um, yeah, I mean, it could go either way. But I, I would like to go back and read this article again on June sixth and see what really materialized out of all this. It is interesting because the closed beta had longer, way longer queue times than the closed or than the open beta a week later, and you had way more people playing. I would assume during the open beta than you did on the closed beta. But Brandon, as someone who has suffered through many, <laughs> uh, many disastrous launches, yeah. what are you thinking? I'm hoping they're right. I'm hoping they're not um, bullshitting us. I don't know. <laughs> you know, Dave said it. There's only so many factors. And even the article said it. There's only so many factors that you can account for. Right. Um, we know how Diablo 3 launched. And I think, you know, based off of what I said and what we know about Overwatch, we know how that launched. I know they're very different games. Sure. But I think it would be... Um, it would be an outlier for their game to come out and have very little issues opening weekend. So I expect some issues sure. either way, yeah. but I'm really just hopeful that we get, even if it's on par with the beta, that'd be okay Yeah, for an opening weekend. And, you know, 
a bunch of people don't even play betas. You know sure. what I mean? Like how many people are going to just flood in when the game comes in? And I'm sure they, you know, can factor in how many pre-orders happen. But with a game like this, I think we're going to see some pretty, pretty big numbers based off of what we've already seen for the beta. So um, really just hopeful because I am very, very excited for this game. And I want a game to come out that I'm very excited about to actually work and be good. Um, and I think this game has a ton of potential to be really good at launch based off of what I've already played. But um, I guess we'll see. Yeah, you would hope, you would think that after all these years of World of Warcraft and all these years of Overwatch and all these past experiences with Diablo and everything, you, and that Diablo 3 launch was over a decade ago, right. that hopefully it would work. But again, like I don't expect a live service game to ever have a flawless launch, but I'm hoping this one's close. Right. I'm hoping. I'm thinking, you know, there's still going to be issues like there is with everything, but maybe at the very least we can not have like hour or longer queues yeah, like we nice. did for the, the closed beta. And then you get discoed and then you have to wait in the queue. Oh my gosh. That's the worst part. That's, I don't, it's like, okay, I don't mind waiting, but if right. I get disconnected, put me on the, like the fast Pri- queue. Priority queue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Dude. And also this is related, non-related. Somebody did a supercut of how many times they said the word battle pass in the most recent uh, press update oh, no. that they did about it. And it is just like battle pass, battle pass, battle pass, battle pass, yeah. battle pass, battle pass. It was. Um, yeah, I'm sure funny. I'm going to buy so, it. That's just. How yeah, it I'm positive. I'm going to buy it, too, just because the battle pass. Yeah, I, yeah. I love this game. Yeah. Um, you know, I love Diablo three and. I'm trying not to get too excited, boys. But I feel like based off the beta, it can't be astronomically worse than what we saw. Right. Like, I don't think it's possible. Yeah. Um, and if it is, I will be flabbergasted. Yeah. Um, I, I, I genuinely think in no way are we getting a Redfall situation here. So hopefully the launch is smooth. We shall see. According to VideoGamesChronicle.com or VGC, PlayStation Back Deviation Games has been hit with layoffs. Several now ex-employees of Deviation have announced their departure on social media with software engineer Kyle Paris writing that, quote, my studio recently ran into a difficult situation and was forced to make a number of layoffs, which I was part of. VGC has reached out to both Sony and Deviation for comment and will update the story should we receive a response. In September of last year, one of Deviation Games co-founders, Chief Creative Officer Joseph Blund- Joseph, I'm sorry, Jason Blundell left the studio. The studio is developing an original IP, which will be published by Sony. Deviation was reportedly over 100 strong in 2021 when it signed a deal with Sony. At the time of writing, the studio is currently not advertising any open roles. Quote, we're drawing on what we learned from co- collective decades making games, but we're also out to make some fresh something fresh and brimming with innovation like you've never experienced before. We were, we're not afraid to say that our ambitions are super high. We're setting out to make a huge content rich game with a focus on a lot of action and a lot of energy, but let's leave it at that for now. And hopefully it won't be long before we can share more. That was back in 2021. He told the PlayStation blog, Brandon, this is a studio deviation that was founded. Uh, They started working on something. They started hiring a bunch of people. PlayStation stepped in and said, okay, we're, uh, we're backing you. We're, we're going to publish this game for you. And then um, now the the one of the co-founders has left before the first games even come out. And now we're hearing potentially 90-ish people Yikes. of the probably not very big team has been canned. <laughs> Does that, how's that sound to you? Uh, oh God, that, that sounds really bad. Um, 
you got to think the director saw something coming. I mean, there's no way this is good, right? I mean, it has to be bad. There has to be something very seriously wrong going on with the development of whatever they're working on. And the fact that we got such an absolutely vague description and said, what did it say at the end there? We hope to share more. And that's been two years. Um, well, a year and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's really bad. Um, and we've heard that Microsoft, at least allegedly, is kind of hands off. I wonder if Sony's not that way. I would highly doubt it. I would highly doubt Sony's that way. So that makes me wonder if, you know, we're like, Sony, we're going to back this. And then, you know, we get into development and they're like, wow, this is really fucking rough. And, you know, is it possible they got some funding cut? I mean, I would think that would have to be what happens when you have layoffs. Well, probably, yes. But also... um Typically, when these games, when when, the, when you get a publisher, when you get a publisher secured, you get funding in waves. So you have to meet certain milestones or marks in order to receive your next bit of funding. And so I would imagine they hit some sort of milestone they were supposed to hit and it wasn't there. And PlayStation, Sony, whatever said, well, you didn't hit your milestone. You didn't hit your mark right. we don't, or we don't like what we saw. So we're not yeah. giving you that next. And that's you, you have to lay people off yeah, what at that are you gonna point. do yeah yeah so now this this definitely doesn't seem good i think that it's gonna be you know if if what you're saying let's just say it is what's going on um it's gonna be harder to reach milestones with you know almost 100 less people yeah uh, if the game's even still <laughs> happening I mean, right right yeah. so it kind of seems like uh there's trouble uh brewing uh and you know i wouldn't be surprised to see um you know, some more news coming soon. Who knows, man? This just doesn't seem good, especially if it seems like it's a smaller team. That many people leaving it and the and the director. It's just co-founder. Nothing, no. nothing good can come of this. It seems like maybe Sony kind of uh, bet on the wrong horse. So, Dave, we uh, we recently saw, you know, they're shutting down support for Dreams, which in fairness probably would have happened eventually, you know, pretty soon here anyway. But I would assume then that, you know, there's people who are either moving on to another project or just moving on from from uh, the Dream Studio that I can't remember the name of right now. Uh, Medium Molecule. Medium Molecule, thank you. Um, and then recently we saw they shut down Pixel Opus, which probably not a very big team, but it shut down and who knows what's happening to those people. And now we see that Deviation has hit major layoffs as well. Uh, is this... A, a bad sign is this a good sign for sony as a you know a company that is trying to make a profit or i don't know what's your take yeah it's it something's changing within sony and um i suspect this is a shifting of resources i'm wondering if if kind of their their risk tolerance has started to change too because um if i recall correctly deviation was purchased prior to the bungee acquisition um, did they straight up purchase them? I thought they did, but then none of these articles mention it. Yeah. In in any case, I'm wondering if they're starting to kind of concentrate more of the resources on this. Um, some of these larger projects that work they're working for or working on. Um, I don't know. In any case, I hope this is the end of like this press release where it's like some random studio you've never heard of. And then X and then 
PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, it, with it's, it, and it doesn't give any detail of like what exactly they're working on or, you know, what they've worked on before because they're generally new studios. Cause this is kind of a bad look like that. That was the height for deviation studios was that press release. Right. Um, if, if they've really cut as much as their workforce as they have, then I suspect whatever they are going to release. Cause I assume they're going to release something eventually won't be that big of a deal. So I don't know. It's uh, something has changed from a priority standpoint within Sony. And I think it's something big. Um, But uh, yeah, I feel for deviation studios. I hope whoever's left is, is able to kind of celebrate whatever they do come with. Uh, But yeah, Yeah. weird situation for sure. I wonder if this is a situation where this is pure speculation that they are, they they're shutting down the game. Like, so they they've laid off a bunch of people they're going to quit this game, but they have to keep some sort of a skeleton crew to maintain existing obligations. Maybe they're partially working on another game. I, I don't have any reason to actually know that. I'm just imagining I would not be surprised to see deviation go away um, sooner than later. But that's speculation on my part because it seems like they've been working on the same thing and seems like all their funding just got cut. And I'm sorry, but when Sony says no more, after they've after Sony has invested in you and then they say no more, it's going to be hard to get somebody else to invest in you. And I think they had signed an exclusivity agreement as well. I did look just now. Apparently, they were not purchased, even though everybody assumed that they would be. Um, but they they did have that exclusive deal. So we're both half right there, Dave. But yeah, interesting stuff for sure. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's talk about Game Pass and uh, not anything actually about Game Pass, but just about some new games that are coming to the service. We've got Massive Chalice coming to Cloud and Console, Railwire, Railway Empire 2 coming to Cloud Console and PC, Cassette Beast coming to Console, it was already on PC, uh, Ghost Lore coming to Console, uh, let's see, Chicory, A Colorful Tale coming to Console and PC. Uh, a game I don't know what it's called here. Uh, it's in it's in a, a Asian characters that I can't read. I will look that up. FIFA 23 console and PC and Planet of Lana coming to console and PC. That's a new release uh, that's coming directly game, day one the Game Pass. Either any of these sound interesting to you guys, Dave? We'll start with you. Not really. Uh, I mean, the railway one sounds kind of cool. That'd yeah, be, that'd be fun to mess around with trains a bit. But yeah. <laughs> honestly, haven't heard of many of them except for FIFA, obviously. So yeah, 
I mean, but hey, just because you haven't heard of it doesn't mean it's uh, it's not a good game. In fact, some of the best games I've ever played, I had never heard of before I played them. So that's very true. Yeah. Uh, this game is called Eastern Orthodox or Exorcist, by the way. Uh, it's a fictitious Eastern world with an infestation of vicious demon monsters. You play as a skilled exorcist. Brandon, what about you? Anything? I- I'm personally interested in Planet of Lana. Uh, this is a game from uh, publisher Thunderful that's coming, and it's a it's a puzzle adventure. Looks almost looks like it could be, you know, uh, um, I don't know, a an artsy puzzly inside or yeah. something like that. No, definitely, none of them really stand out to me. Um, I've heard of Chicory before, so yeah. I, you know, it looks kind of cute, but nothing really crazy this month. Um, nothing super stand out for me, honestly. So I did Sorry, try to play. I have to, I have to interject now that you pulled up uh, Eastern Exorcist. I reviewed in 2020. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I'm just scrolling to see what score I gave it. I gave it an eight out of ten. This I is do a, not remember this. It's a 2D uh, like Souls like. It was pretty cool. It was. It seemed pretty underdone at the time, but for what it was, uh, yeah, that that's that's worth checking out. I enjoyed that game. <laughs> Hmm. Did I wonder about this cassette beast? I uh, so, so I was just gonna say I've played cassette beast on PC. Yeah, and I probably only played it for about an hour. It just wasn't hitting right with me. But it's it's an RPG, uh, very similar to Pokemon. Okay, in that you have these cassettes that turn you know and in, you into beasts and sure. you battle other beasts. And honestly, there are some major differences, obviously. But I was like, this is just Pokemon. Yeah, and. That's very reductive. I don't mean to say like, oh, this is just this is just Pokemon. But for me, I didn't need another game like that. Sure. So uh, everybody who has played it that I've seen talk about it online has loved it. It just wasn't for me. So I would I would say if you're someone who doesn't have PC Game Pass that and you want to check it out, um, that might be something good for you. There's also Ghost Lore, which is coming to console. It's available with Game Pass on PC as well. And it's an action RPG uh, where you fight monsters. It says it's inspired by timeless classic action RPGs such as Diablo 2 and Titan Quest. I can't believe I hadn't seen this. I mean, I've seen it before, but I didn't realize it was out on PC or I would have already tried it. But anyway, there's some uh, there's some updates for you. Boys, I want to talk about what we've been playing. And I know for all three of us, that's at least Tears of the Kingdom. But has anybody been playing anything other than Tears of the Kingdom first to talk about? Nope. Nope. Looks like that's nope <laughs> yeah. all around. Yeah, no. So let's talk about Tears of the Kingdom. It's been out for to the public for five days, four days, something like that now, uh, since Friday. And yeah, I don't even know where to begin. Dave, though, let's just go. Let's start with our initial impressions and then we'll dive into some of the weird, wacky stories I'm sure that we all have. Yeah, it's it's. It's exactly what you would expect. Obviously, the Zelda franchise and Nintendo First Party have, you know, we all have really high standards of what these games should be. And I think um, Nintendo has delivered with with Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I really kind of got the sense with this game that um, the developers for Breath of the Wild had like a lot of ideas that got left on the cutting room floor when they really sunk their teeth into this physics engine, this yeah. new engine that they had for breath of the wild, because like, it's not like, Oh, it's, it's, it is a sequel to breath of the wild, but like 
all of your abilities, like it's all brand new and it's yeah. all physics based and it's just fun to kind of just fuck around. Like there's a starting area and I kind of just got lost in there for a bit when I got like <laughs> used to the, the, the things you could do and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's cool. If, if you like the physics sandbox stuff, then you're going to enjoy a game like this. Um, it's, it's funny because we, we've, we chatted briefly about like how far and we're all, we've all spent roughly the same amount of time in the game, but you know, I'm pretty sure we've all done really different things just because of how much freedom you really get in this kind of game. But yeah, it's, it's great. It's, it's really, really good. <laughs> Dave, off, off of that, I'm wondering, you said there were stuff that they obviously wanted to do that they couldn't fit in. Part of me wonders, cause I think that, they weren't expecting some of the crazy crap we've seen in breath of the wilds over the last five or six years to ever happen. And I wonder if they took some of that inspiration and were like, Oh, we could do this or that. So I think you're probably right. But I wonder also if like just seeing how people were able to experiment and what the engine could do, it inspired new ideas for them as well. Just from watching people play the game they made. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Like I, that, it, it really gave them an idea of how people were going to interact with, with this world and, and the stuff they would try. Um, so, you know, people weren't playing it like an Assassin's Creed open world game. They were playing it more like um, Minecraft, I guess, yeah, yeah. Uh, where it's just about, you know, pushing the possibilities. And, and I think they've given people the tools to, to really do more. You know, they haven't made a bigger open world, even though it is, like that that hasn't been the focus it's it just really seems to be more towards the the sandbox side and and what you can kind of mess around with so um yeah i'm also like i'm really blown away with with from a technical standpoint like this isn't a technical marvel by any by any stretch in in some respects it might be but i think what i'm trying to say is is this doesn't look any better than breath of the wild but it's also a testament to how far color can take you yeah over like really advanced textures and stuff and you really see that in kind of the opening area but even when you get down to the kind of the surface world and you you have the rains taken off but like from an art direction standpoint like this is a game that really 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 sings and it's it's doing so on a really outdated piece of hardware um so yeah, I mean, I didn't think I'd be spending as much time kind of marveling at this game because it is running on the Switch, but I really haven't because it's just it's just a pretty enjoyable game. And a lot of that is a testament to, you know, the sound design as well and stuff like that because you really feel, uh, you know, I somebody, I'm not going to say who it is because I'm going to say the wrong name and <laughs> make that whole thing. Somebody in our Discord kind of mentioned how, like, you know, that dopamine you hit when you get, like, you hear those certain, like, uh, themes come up and when you see certain things like when you see a shrine like the music that plays and stuff like that so all of those design elements have really kind of come together and make it really kind of um, yeah it's it's pretty amazing so far <laughs> <laughs> definitely Brandon yeah your initial impressions sound them off yeah I um yeah <laughs> Deep, man. Yeah, deep. yeah, 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 yeah. The beginning is <laughs> is exceptionally better than the first game, even though um, 
you know, in the first one, you kind of come out and you can marvel at the world instantly because nobody knew what it was going to be like. Right. I feel like the beginning was instantly more cinematic and like action packed mm-hmm. from the beginning. And I really appreciated that about this game. I feel like it uh, like got you into the story instantly. Um, whereas I feel like the the first one, it kind of trickle trickles the story to you and kind of there's intrigue, but the. But this one really just kind of hits you in the face with some wacky shit right away. With its dong. Um, yeah, pretty much. With its, uh, I, with its fire breathing. Yeah, big red. Explosive dong. Swinging dong. Yeah. Um, no, but I really appreciated that about it. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just, what's there to say? I mean, they took, I do firmly agree with what you said, Ben. I do think they took a ton of inspiration from some of the speed runs and some of the crazy things people did with the stasis and all the other powers from the last one and kind of just shot that through the roof. Um, I feel like in this game, oftentimes that I've, that I've been playing, I feel like I'm only really limited by my tiny brain um, and not by the game itself, yeah, yeah. Um, which is actually really strange because typically it's the other way around. Um, but um, you usually have a big brain. No, typically oh. I'm limited by the game. Yeah. And not my brain. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, man, this game, you know, man, it's just, it's so fun. And I'm really enjoying the time I've had with it so far. Um, between the color, between the sound design, I'm not going to go over what Dave already said, but it's just the entire package is everything that the last one was and more. Yeah. Um, I really think, obviously, what really shines is the creativity you can have in this game, more so than the last game even. Um, the puzzles are kind of hard. Uh, once again, I feel like I I sometimes uh, feel a little stupid at, at points. Oh, yeah. And then after trying for a bit, I'm like, oh, that was completely obvious. I just didn't get it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's... It's really cool, man. And, you know, between the sound uh, and the sights, it just, it's grabbing me, man. I, I want to play some more and I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. Uh, this is definitely a game that will easily um, have as many hours as the last one um, and then some. So my initial impressions are very similar to your guys's. I just, um, I'm amazed at what they've done. I'm amazed at the fact that even though it's not running any better, it's not running worse than Breath of the Wild. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, it really is. At least it doesn't run worse. If it ran worse, I would have something to say about it. But this is exactly what we expected. Right. I I don't. It's so funny because I am a a frame rate snob. But with with this, for some reason, because the expectation was not to be higher, I'm not expecting higher. And I think that the art style very much lends itself to a lower frame rate if that makes any sense um i don't know if it does if or i'm just using some copium to some nintendo copium uh to to get through that but it's less jarring in third person yeah and i don't want to so this is just the most minor spoiler so let's say from this from from here on i want to talk about like things we you know things we've done things we've experienced i don't we're not going to give any spoilers for story story yeah. we're not going to i'm not even going to give any like specific um you know, puzzle-based st- solutions or anything like that. I just want to talk about the very basics of the game. Right. I've mentioned before that I saw the initial, um, you know, the sequel to Breath of the Wild is in development. And after that, I saw nothing else. Right. I saw 
I somehow avoided everything. I saw literally nothing else. So when I got into this game and found out that you can build things, and I'd seen the memes about like, oh, it being it being Banjo Kazooie Ratchet or uh, Nuts and Bolts. I was like, I don't know what that means, but it sounds crazy. <laughs> right. Just the fact that you can like build things and fuse things together and strap on like strap on strap ons. I mean, and rockets and fans and like all sorts of stuff and power them. And that Link has these new abilities that allow like I, I knew none of that until like my first couple hours playing the game. And that is something that was like so special because I you don't get that anymore. Right. And maybe like I very often, once I decide I'm in a game, don't look for more, but very rarely do you go into a game and be like, wow, not only did I not know what this game was about, I didn't know these mechanics existed. Right. And that's ex exactly what was able, I was able to do with tears of the kingdom in that I didn't look at anything. Yeah. And it's, it's such an enjoyable experience because of that, because I'm constantly, and I feel like I'm behind the eight ball to some extent because I'm like, well, there's gotta be a way to do this, but, I don't know. Is that a, is that a mechanic that hasn't been introduced yet? Yeah. And that's really fun too. Just like constantly wondering that and seeing that kind of play out in real time in front of me. So I'm really super enjoying it, figuring out new ways to build things and new ways to explore. The one thing I'll say, and this isn't, doesn't bother me, but it is intimidating is that I'm looking around at this world and I'm like, I have no idea what to do now. And I like not having my hand held, but I'm also like, well, what do I do next? Right. Like, what am I even <laughs> yeah. supposed to be trying right. to do here? And that's also a feeling that you don't get very often. And part of that has led to me, like I'm probably eight between eight and 10 hours in, maybe slightly more than that. I don't know. And I'm just like, I haven't accomplished anything, but I've done so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very bizarre it's the journey, feeling. dude. Yeah. It really I'm is. Really, I'm really resisting that urge to look it up because I'm yeah. at the same point too, where it's like, there's five different directions I can go based right. on like this quest. But I also just kind of want to, see what happens and you don't get that very often number one you, you rarely get games that give you that sort of freedom and number two do you do you get games that are designed that well enough to make you want to just venture out on your own so right it's, but sorry just on the story quickly not gonna like spoil anything but i have been surprised um because generally like with with Zelda games, like Mario games and stuff, I could care less about the story. Right. This one, I'm finding myself actually pretty intrigued by. Again, yeah. still early goings, but yeah. I've I've kind of noticed that, like, I don't know if more care kind of went in, but I do find that the the setup is a lot more intriguing than it's been in previous Zelda titles. So I'm I'm enjoying that, and I'm I'm really curious to see where we go with this. But yeah, one thing I will say that is, um, I don't know if it's spoilery, but. I did not because I have a different switch than I had when I played Breath of the Wild. So I do not have my save on my device. And I was told that if you do have your save on your device, you can get your old horses um, instead of having to get all new ones. And I think and I'm fine with with getting new horses and everything. That's fine. But I do kind of wish I had my old horses with like leveled up stats and everything. Uh, so that's a little disappointing that there was like no primer for that. But I think if you're someone who has that experience organically, that's even better. But for me, I was stupid. I bought a new switch and sold my old one to my son for cheap. I've told that story before. And, uh, I'm like, Hey, uh, Hey, can I, can I get that? Say, I, I have the save on the cloud, but I don't have it downloaded. So I don't think I can get that now, but that's fine. Finding new horses, retraining them is way. It's not uh, that bad. I think that's 
I mean, I enjoy that more than just being like, here's a free, awesome horse right. that you had 17 upgrades to or whatever. I don't even remember right. how you upgrade your horses, honestly. But Brendan, what's um what's your strategy right now in the game? What are you what oh, are man. you doing? Honestly, just building up my stats. Yeah. Um at this point, I've ran into a couple areas, let's say that where I just feel like I am completely underpowered yeah. in all ways and not even just hearts. I mean, I, I oftentimes I feel like my stamina is incredibly lacking. So I've really been trying to focus that about you. on <laughs> focus on getting shrines. Um, just right now I'm just doing shrines. Like I'm yeah. not concerned with um, the main quest almost at all, to be honest with you. I'm just going up high and looking around. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much what I'm doing. Um, but really glad I got the glider early. Yeah. Um, I had seen online and heard from some people that I think even on the discord that there are like literally points in the story and they should have been much more clear about this, to be honest, um, because it is so open and you could do whatever the fuck you want. Like you should get the glider. If you're listening to this right now, mainline until you get the glider. And it's and not then, very f- hard. No, I no, got it it's, early it's like a couple. It's like a couple in. Yeah. Um. But you know, there are certain scenarios of the story where I'm like, wow, I would have not been able to get down, I guess, without dying yeah. or fast traveling. <laughs> so, um, no, but it's been super fun. Um, I'm. I don't want to say I'm not concerned with the main the main story at all because I am interested to get back to it, but. That's just the thing, like Dave said, like it's it's rewarding to just explore and not a lot of games feel like there's meaning to this openness. But I don't feel that way with this game. Um, and that's something that's kind of so nice um, about these games. It is. It's also I, I have this fear because Diablo 4 is coming up soon. And this is a game. Zelda. That I could literally, I think I spent 150 hours in one playthrough and I, I didn't do everything you could do. Yeah, there's so much. I mean, I beat the game, do. but yeah. I, I think I spent that much time in Breath of the Wild. And in this game, I feel like that's entirely possible. But when Breath of the Wild was out, it wasn't long, or maybe it was. It didn't, I don't know. But there was another game that came along. I want to say it was Mario, Mario Odyssey, yeah. that I ended up starting to play before I finished Breath of the Wild. And I was like, oh, now I got to go back to Breath of the Wild and learn everything again. And I just have this feeling that there's so much to do and so much I want to play around with that I'm going to get distracted by another game. And I'm not going to not play Diablo 4 when it comes out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, that's a, I mean, I have been playing the Zelda series longer than Diablo has even existed, but uh, that is, you know, that's, I'm just worried about that for myself yeah. that I've got that anxiety of, I need to do stuff, but also I just want to have fun. Right. So I'm worried about getting pulled away, but so far I'm just really having a blast, even just figuring out what I can do. I mean, I've, like I said, I've played for eight or 10 hours and there was recently, like within the last hour I played of it, I uncovered something totally new that I was like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, no way you can yeah. do that. Like yeah. that's a thing in this game. And I'm not going to reveal what it is, but it's just so cool to have that constant discovery. And I agree with you, Brandon. We were talking about that slightly before the show that I'm in the like very base area and I'm walking up to things that in the last game I could just like, oh, just smack it with this stick or this, you know, this arm or whatever. And it's going to die in three hits. And now it's like I'm getting one shot. Yeah, I'm getting my ass beat. And I'm like, so. I got to level up some stuff. And then I try to go to a shrine. and I'm like, I'm way too stupid for this shrine. 
but then I find the solution that is clearly not the intended solution, but yeah. guess what? It got me there. Absolutely. Dude, I maybe it's like playing Dark Souls where I'm like, if I jam my head up against this enough, I can I do it. I don't think it is. But this game, like I've been I've been running away from some stuff. Like yeah. like I will try it multiple times. Like even enemies that in the last game, I'm like, I got this shit. I know this enemy. I'm gonna beat its ass. Three or four broken weapons later, I'm like, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. I've eaten half my food and I've wasted half of my weapon inventory and I don't have any arrows. I'm running away. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> so I, I really, really cool. Um, super excited to play some more. What is uh, what is you guys' uh, TTP time? TTP? Time to penis. Time to penis. Yeah. Um, how long did it take you to craft a penis with objects in game? Um, three and a half hours. I have not reached that point okay. yet, actually. All right, yeah. so you're still going. It's about ten hours strong for you, Ben. Yeah, most, I haven't reached I've the dick shrine yet. <laughs> yeah, the, the time to dick. I, thought, I didn't understand the TTP. I've been okay. going by TTP. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, okay. My fault. My fault. Uh, no, my main thing. I've been making more boobs than I have penises. Oh, so. time TTP. Oh, yeah, okay. TTP. Yeah, that's time been to my, boob. Okay. Yeah, that was like a minute and a half. Oh, I think. oh shit, oh, dude, speed run. Yeah, speed run. Holy Speaking fuck. of speed run, I think there was somebody who's already beat the no, game with like dude. a stick in like 15 minutes or something. No, I don't remember. Dude. I heard it recently, oh but God. yeah. So uh, again, I'm not going to be spoilery, but I will say like there's just an infinite amount of ways you can do things. Like for instance, there's this this big tower that you have to go up into to, to like clear part of the map. That's, that's the way it was in Breath of the Wild too. It's not a spoiler, but there was this huge camp in front of it of enemies, and there was only one way to get up to it. And I could not beat the enemies. And I was like, I'm going to get into that tower and I'm going to reveal this part of the map. I'm doing it. And I just could not. I just was trying to brute force it. Didn't work. So I just walked behind it, behind this giant mountain. And there's a bunch of trees. And I chopped down a bunch of trees, stuck them together and built a ramp up to the top and just bypassed all the enemies and went right to the tower instead. And I'm like, now that's a game. There you like, go. It's a game where you can do things how you want to do instead of how I want, want you to. Yeah. So I don't know. Are there any non-spoilery but specific uh, experiences you guys have had that you want to share before we go? Uh, one, I spent probably about an hour trying to get a, a, a Korok. Oh, yeah. Um, so in this one, you know, this is whatever. There's a different kind of Korok seed where you don't just find them. There's something else you have to do with them. But I had to get him somewhere else, right? And I essentially built a helicopter. And I spent maybe, well, well over an hour trying to get this helicopter up a mountain and i used up all of my fucking batteries because i had been spending so long trying to build this thing that when i was halfway up the mountain i just kept consuming them i'm like this has taken too long i have no option there's been too much time sink in this i will use every resource i have to try and get up this fucking mountain so that was probably the biggest one and if it felt like 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 it felt good mm -hmm. when i got to the top oh, yeah. you know obviously i used almost all my resources but um yeah it felt really good just kind of doing my own thing and like maybe there was another way maybe i could have just climbed up and tried to figure out another path but i had set out and i had tried for so long that i was like this is what we're doing this I, is how it's happened i had a korok experience where i took a uh, a piece of wood and set the korok on top of it and then strapped a rocket to the back of it and was going to send it across this ravine and when it took off, it like hit the ground and took a weird turn and threw the Korok and the whole thing directly speedily down into the ravine, into the water. 
and then I no longer know where the Korok is, <laughs> and I cannot find it, and I like left and reloaded and it was not there so that korok is somewhere at the bottom of the ravine i don't know that i'll ever get that seed you murdered him yeah it's, it's two seeds dave uh, yeah i know dave any uh, any weird or cool experiences you've had so far yeah i've i've had some funny moments with uh the gliders not yes. like the, yeah. the ones you have but the ones that you build like the big and metal ones yeah i keep putting like either too much power or not enough power and i take off and i fall <laughs> and I'll fall into like a big body of water. And then when I land, I look up and I see like how far my glider is actually gone. So I'm like, I built a really good plane there, but because I couldn't hang on, yeah, like right. it's gone. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed like the flying physics. Um, the first time I got like a glider, like right, I was blown away by like how you can control it just by where you're standing on the thing. So like, if you want it to bank left, you yeah. stand on the left wing. If you wanted to dive down a little bit, you stand towards the nose. Um, they're tricky to hold on to, but yeah, it's uh, it's really really cool. And uh, like, I'm starting to edge towards what I think the next sort of like mainline objective is. Uh, and I got there, and I'm like, I have no idea how to get to where I'm supposed to go. So the answer is just go somewhere else or mess around until you you can create a solution. So it's yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to to kind of just messing around. You just get lost so easy too. Oh, dude, you do you do. I'm like, I'm gonna go over here and then I follow this fucking smoke over here and then find this cave. And then next thing you know, I'm like, where the fuck was I? Yeah. What, what was I looking for again? Yeah. I do have a gripe. And okay. like this was um, an issue I had. This is just part of the design. Is this about games? not being able to see Pura naked? Because I know that was a thing you were talking about. <laughs> I assume that's coming. Yeah, so, dude, I can I mean... send you some links. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think because there there's a pretty heavy like crafting element in this game, this is just kind of how it has to be. But I can remember like in Zelda games prior to Breath of the Wild, when you found a chest, it was a big moment. Yeah. Now, like I'm finding chests everywhere and, and no matter what, when I see them, I want them. I want yeah. one inside, but more often than not, I'm finding myself disappointed. Like I, 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 I suspect at this point, like the majority of the chests in the game just have opals in them, but yeah, it's uh, five arrows. That's one thing I miss where it's, it's like the chests aren't as interesting as they were before. There's too many of them and they normally just have kind of a common material, but um in any case i still want to go for all of them when i see them so it's not a big deal but yeah there was one particular chest inside of a shrine that it took me probably the better part of an hour to get to and once i got to it i had five arrows in it i was like okay well that sucked but also i learned some cool new mechanics while i was on this adventure if you guys out there have uh cool stories and don't post like anything to spoiler or anything but just like cool little experiments you've done or whatever share them with us on the discord again that's over at handsomefandom.com slash discord let us know tell us about some of your fun adventures again for our sake as well as everybody else in the discord uh maybe don't share anything too spoilery but we do like hearing those fun little adventures because i think at this point the very basic mechanics of the game uh i think are free territory as long as they're not you know puzzle solutions or story-based stuff i think that's good to go but that's about all we have i mean we we will probably be talking about our adventures in tears of the kingdom for many many months until of course i get distracted with diablo 4 and then i'll come back to it in a couple months that's almost definitely going to be the way it's going to be i have this terrible feeling (laughs) but 
don't forget uh handsomefandom.com slash discord join us hang out there tell us your tears of the kingdom stories and experiences and also if you want to help support us go over to patreon.com slash handsomefandom we would really appreciate that your support for as little as a dollar a month we appreciate you very much boys have i missed anything are we good to go beaver boys signing out beaver boys signing out and with that we have signed out goodbye The HP Podcast is brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Thanks to our producers, Grabalicious, Christian Snow, Rainick, Chris Bylock, Derek O, Nuke Dukum, Brian Parrott, Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Wormhats.